The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Set to sleeper.com backslash SGP on your phone to join the SGP group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com backslash SGP. And we're also brought to you by IPVanish. IPVanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70, 70% if you go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. And be sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat out bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. And welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I will be your host this evening. I'm Justin Bruni. Joining me is Dave Heilman and Emerson Beery. Uh, this evening, we are going to be discussing our Scott Fishbowl rosters, specifically highlighting players at the back end of our drafts that you can target in redraft fantasy this year. Uh, but before we get into our topics, gentlemen, how are we doing? Happy Monday, Dave, Emerson. How are we, how are we doing, guys? We're doing great. I'm oh, sorry to interrupt you, Matt. No, you're good. You're good. I'm doing great. We just uh, we had an article coming out about the uh, QB breakout. I'm doing a mini-series about breakout candidates. And then I had Justin Henry on, um, so that'll be coming out here soon. I'm um, talking about some of his breakout candidates, their redraft uh, draft guide, and uh, some of my breakout candidates for quarterbacks. Good stuff, good stuff. Emerson, I know you uh, you dropped an article the other day. What have what you been working on? Yeah, I was trying to write a little short little uh, blurb on the top uh, 10 redraft running backs, but I ended up turning it into like a 2,500-word article. So, yeah, I, I right did on. some more went a little bit more in depth just covering the top 10 uh, running backs like I said you know helping you through the first couple rounds of the draft I won't get you too deep but those are some of the critical decisions to make there good stuff good stuff did you get any of those guys on your Scott Fishbowl roster anybody that maybe you would have you know gotten a better value based on your own rankings well I have Javante Williams number eight and I got him at RB 14 on my Scott Fishbowl so I'll, okay. I'll take that right there I think that's getting him at his floor and uh I'm very, very happy with that pick. I'm very happy with my Scott Fishbowl pick. I, you know, I made, I made some, I made one critical mistake that I think, you know, it might cost me, but I'm really happy with my roster overall. Dave, do you want to take a guess at what the the mistake may have been? I, I, I think I have a guess. Yeah, I have to uh, look at the team a little bit more to to figure out what that what that guess uh, or what that might be. But um, yeah, right off the bat. Uh, did not pick a tight end until the uh, 13th round. That, that, that might have something to do with it, but I, I, I know we're going to talk about our one mistake later, so I, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more in depth there, I suppose. <laughs> I'm going to take a stab at the uh, the seventh pick. I'm going to go Amari Cooper. Just that, that run of tight ends there, or um, that run, run of receivers you had, excuse me, there. Oh, I, I'm very happy with Amari Cooper, actually. You know, like, I, whether, whether, it should, whether it should happen or not, I think Deshaun Watson is probably going to get a, a lighter suspension than people want. And okay. uh, I think Amari Cooper is going to be a big value in the second half of the season. Okay. And there, I think there's going to be some names that we discuss at the back end of the draft as well that kind of fit into there. You know, oh, if Deshaun Watson winds up playing more games than expected, these, you know, a couple of these guys in the back end, they're going to have some value. But let's just dive right into it. The first topic that we have up here for reviewing our rosters is what pick you wish you could take back or what pick you regret. Um, I really don't have any. I guess my draft started off kind of interesting, and I guess I just felt a little bit so sour not taking a quarterback in the first round. But Cooper Cup went 101, and I was 102. So I just felt like, you know what, let's keep riding the position player. I'll take Jonathan Taylor. Screw it, you know. If I had the 101, I probably probably would have taken Taylor. I was expecting, I was like, oh, Josh Allen will fall into my lap. It's, it's fine. He did again, but Jonathan Taylor there, I, I just couldn't say no. But then I wound up with, you know, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff like eh, not the most ideal group but Carson Wentz he still finished as quarterback 12 last year Cousins number nine so maybe we get some things rolling in that aspect but I felt like I was left holding the check on quarterbacks a little bit what do you guys think yeah it's it's tough um especially being in front of the draft like I, I also was earlier I picked 101 and so you you hope that you control the board 
And the the idea is that you're going to get your guys. Someone said that in the chat, you know, about you're going to get your guys. Right. But that's not always the case. Not only is there a third round reversal, but you could jump out of the airplane and, and then there's no parachute. And so um, with me, I, I did that with Dalton Schultz. I was like, you know what? It's tight end premium. I regretted not going, you know, and getting a good tight end last year. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not waiting. I'm going and getting him because I'm not the 401. I'm not going to pick again until the 512 and who knows what's going to happen. And I'm hoping that me taking Dalton Schultz will make people go and take a couple tight ends. That did not happen. Um, I was like, man, I, I just wish I would have just uh, either waited and see if Schultz fell back to me at the 512-601 or just mm -hmm. like, I think Ertz went in like the ninth. I'm like, man, I would have loved that discount of getting Ertz in the ninth versus taking, you know, Schultz. And I think I got him in the fourth or the fifth. Yeah, you got him in the fourth, it looks like here. Yeah. I don't, know, hate, I don't hate that value, but, you know, if, if he's your guy, like if he's on that list, I, I, I don't hate it so much because right now we don't really know who, the, who that next healthy pass catcher is going to be behind CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, I, I was high on Schultz. I definitely was, was targeting him, and I felt like there was a big tier gap. And if Schultz would have went, and then, you know, the next couple guys, I was not trying to get, you know, I, I don't want to name any of your guys to, to offend anybody, but I was not trying to be, you know, stuck with one of those middle guys. Where you feel mm -hmm. like you're overpaying, so I would have just punted the position if that would have happened. And I was like, "Nope, I did that last year. Didn't like it. I'm paying up." What were you going to say, Emerson? Uh, no, I was just going to say that you know the only reason I might have gone Josh Allen with that number two pick is so I wouldn't have had to take Carson Wentz in the third round. You know that that always kind of things. But Not a bad strategy. <laughs> he could he could absolutely have a high completion percentage with. Which helps in the Scott Fishbowl. You know, he's he's you know he's going to make those critical mistakes, but sometimes those don't show up on the stat sheet as much as Carson Wentz. So, I, I think he'll be good. I like your team a lot, actually. I don't mind it. I I feel like it's balanced at least. And and at the end of the day, I feel like you know when you're sitting there trying to start eleven players in the Scott Fishbowl, like come like you know week six through eight, and you just have like that balanced roster, and you're not like man, I have no running backs. I've drafted three; they're all hurt. You know, like what am I going to do? You know. So I feel like I'm. I have some decent ex decent exposure. I also don't really love how I chased Chase Claypool in the twelfth round, but I'm a fan. I'm a Notre Dame guy. Oddly enough, uh, me and Dave both drafted Chase Claypool in the twelfth round. That was interesting. I got him at wide receiver fifty. He got him at wider wide receiver fifty two. Big difference though. I already had Deontay Johnson. I think the offense takes a step forward, but I may also be carrying a little bit too much uh, Steeler baggage there. But in the event of either one getting hurt. Obviously, that would flood the value for the other. So I don't hate it at the end of the day. And at wide receiver 50, like I, I fully invest in just drafting the best player available. And at that time, I felt like Chase Claypool was the, you know, the, the best athlete there. You know, someone that, you know, given the opportunity, they could have a, a really productive season. Um, any, any mistakes you want to highlight, Emerson? Uh, maybe uh, that one that we were talking about uh, to start the show. Well, you know, I... I took a gamble, you know, I, I'm in a, in a big tournament like this, I'm assuming that I'm right with my first pick. So I'm, I'm assuming I, I'm just going to go in with the assumption I nailed my, my starting lineup and everything. So I, I was going to go with a different strategy, try to mm -hmm. go with some, uh, get some big time kicker ones because they have a premium in this league. Try, try to maybe, you know, if a player goes down, have a plug in play. If I have, a, a, you know, a great lineup other than that, maybe one right. of those guys is actually a difference maker I can start on a regular week. But I took... Evan McPherson thinking I was going to start a kicker run, and I didn't. And then, <laughs> and, and, then Pat, and then Pat Fryermuth and Tyler Higby got taken before my next pick, and then I took Hayden Hurst in the in the thirteenth round. And you know, I I'd be, I think I'd be much happier with my team if I would have pulled the trigger on either of those two tight ends, sure. and uh, and then started got a kicker with my next pick. And I think that would have been made me feel a lot better. So that was just one mistake that I. Wish I had back, but, well, but hey, I, you you stuck with it though. You doubled down on it. You were like one kicker. No, nah, I'll take three more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know what? Like, here's the thing. Like, I'm in James, like Jameson Williams, and like in those type of guys, like Van Jefferson in those range. It, mm -hmm. I, the, the, you know, these guys are all kicker ones who were scoring, you know, between ten and fifteen points a game last year. You know, if they hit their projections this year. And, uh, you know, that, that's, I think, the ceiling of, of a guy like, um, oh, not Jameson Williams, I'm sorry, Jameson Crowder is what I meant to say, but, um, you know, Jameson Crowder or Van Jefferson, 
I would say that's their ceiling anyway. So I, I'm going to go ahead and take the kicker there somewhere who I who I actually know is going to produce that. So, you know, that was kind of my thought process behind it, kind of just assuming I nailed my earlier pick. But I did go with the kicker-heavy strategy. I I was just about to get into like your uh, the strategy that you imposed. It's kick kicker heavy strategy. It's it's not a common one used, but it's a strategy nonetheless. Uh, any strategies that you guys imposed when you came into the draft? You're like, oh, I'm going zero RB. I've been doing my mocks. I I feel really comfortable, you know, going in this you know one direction, you know, very firmly. Or were you guys more flexible, playing it by draft flow? Anything at all? Uh, I went with a balanced roster just like you did. I, I did not want to walk out of there. Um, you know, I didn't want to go and make too many reaches. So, you know, I tried to go with a balanced roster. And, you know, I did some mock drafts and I didn't like how it worked out when I went QB QB from the 101 spot. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do that. And then 15 out of the first 20 picks were quarterback. And so I'm Bastards. like, crap um you know what am i gonna do and austin eckler fell and i was like you know what the third round reversal i don't know what's gonna happen he's my number two uh running back on the board let's go let's just get my boy austin eckler and see how things go and um you know i took a gamble uh, on my my second quarterback position and uh i may not be done with quarterback if, if uh you know hopefully my league mates aren't listening to this right now um, but I may not be done with quarterback trying to hedge my bet there in, in Cleveland, but I did did take Deshaun Watson, um, and I think that's a, it's a risky pick that can either be a big big payoff or mm-hmm. cost, cost me a lot. So you're sitting at seventeen twelve now. What quarterbacks are available? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, is is someone that I'm interested in, and I think that kind of hedges my bet in, in Cleveland. There's also some other options in case someone were to get hurt or anything. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's necessarily going to be the San Francisco starter. I don't necessarily think he goes to Seattle, but if Trey Lance got hurt, Jimmy Garoppolo has a, a huge ceiling that other, you know, other quarterbacks wouldn't have. Geno mm-hmm. Smith is also available. Um, and um, I think you might, might have one of the uh, Desmond Ritter might be available as well. I would you consider going Sam Darnold? You, you drafted Baker in the 10th. Would you just hedge your bets with that, uh, that quarterback room? Yeah, I could. Uh, that'd be kind of, a, you know, I'll go later on that one, but yeah, I could. Right, yeah. And I just don't see Jimmy on a bench this year. Like, is, that's a starting quarterback. I, I, I just can't, like, I just, I know, you know, no one's traded for him yet, but man, I just can't see him on a bench all year. I think that's a big value pick there if you were able to get him. With- with the starters that are available in the league, like the guys that are actually starting, like when you're talking about Marcus Mariota being a starter, Geno Smith being a starter, like it, yeah, I, I agree with you. It feels like he should be somewhere in a room, either at least competing or v- being very close to starting. So I, I, I fully agree with that. There, yeah, there's um, been rumors about the Giants. There's been rumors about Houston. I don't think the Giants do it. I don't think they have the capital as far mm-hmm. as like they don't have the cap space and they're not really moving in that direction. I just don't see that happening. But Houston be interesting. They have draft capital that they could burn. Um, they have cap space, and uh, I would crush a lot of people that drafted Davis Mills. I don't see Seattle being an option just because it's a you know unless he got cut. Um, but Cleveland is interesting. I just don't know because Cleveland would have to give something up. But you know, in the scenario where Sean Watson is suspended for an entire year, I don't think Cleveland just goes with Brissett all year. They either I put Agreed. a poll out there earlier. Is it going to be Minshew or Heineke or mm-hmm. you know one of these other guys? So I'm I'm looking at it and I may take two swings here at the turn. If Will Fuller and Jimmy Garoppolo avail- are available, I may pick those guys up. And and I'm just I'm shooting for upside at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go and get one of these guys because they're you know projected to be the highest, like a Corey Davis or something like that. You're never really going to want to start them. I'd rather, you know, grab right. an Alexander Madison or a Jimmy Garoppolo or one of these guys that mm-hmm. in, in one play could be an instant starter. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people fall for that based on whatever it is, whether it's the ranking, whether it's ADP, when in reality that said player is in a very uh, competitive situation like a Corey Davis who are, who's going to be competing with Elijah Mitchell now. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, sorry, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and heck, throw Braxton Berrios' name in there. That dude was tearing it up at the end of last year, has a real connection with Zach Wilson. Not saying he's going to get on the field a lot with you know the more talent that they have, but they are going to be a revolving door. So he's not someone that I love. And I actually, 
actually drafted uh, Nico Collins over Corey Davis with my last pick. I am waiting on the turn right now. Uh, shout out, I believe it's Scott Barrett, who is uh, sitting on two picks. Been about six hours, Scott. Why don't we hurry up a little bit in Vice City? Huh? Let's get to it. Um, so I just took Nico Collins over Corey Davis, and I don't think the situation's better. I don't think he has a better quarterback. I don't think he has a better offense, but he has less competition for touches, which I like a lot. I like snaps. I like my guys on the field, and there also is a little bit of upside, size, athleticism, speed. Another year in the in the system. So, and at this point in the draft, you know, around seventeen plus, eighteen plus. You're just taking shots. You know, you're, you're just trying to call your shots and trying to get a couple of guys that you could potentially start, you know, whether it's on bye weeks or uh, filling in for injuries. Yeah. And just to set the table a little bit, I mean, not everyone on here is playing in the Scott Fishbowl. I'm assuming if you've tuned in that you are. Um, but you, even though you're in the Scott Fishbowl, you may not have looked at the settings. Um, there's three receivers. And then going back to Emerson's kickers, you can flex a kicker. Um, and there's, you know, you get three points for making the field goal, but you also get, you know, scoring. If they have a 37-yard field goal, mm-hmm. that's, you know, you're going to get additional points for that. So, um, you know, there's there's definitely advantages to some of those things. And you, you have to know your scoring in any type of any league. That's like the number one rule for any any league, but especially in something like this with Scott Fishbowl with all the eyeballs on it. Right. I believe Scott increased the scoring for kickers this year. Yep. Did that play a role for you, Emerson? Yeah. And, you know, like I said, um, you know, just the guys in that range, I, you know, I thought their ceiling was about where these kickers are going to be at, scoring 10 to 15 points a game. And, you know, if, if, one, if one of my seven top wide receivers goes down with it, one of them goes down with an injury, I'd rather just throw in one of those guys, plug and play guys who's going to give me 10 to 15 points. And, you know, I'm trying to win a 3,000 person tournament. You know, I got I got a hit on all my picks anyway. So you know, if, if the rest of my team's playing great, somebody goes down, I can plug in a player who, who's going to get 10 to 15 points a game. You know, I'm pretty happy with that. And you know, I took I took four guys who I thought could all potentially you know be top three kickers and everything. Potentially you know you know score 200, 215 mm-hmm. points on the year. So you know that was kind of my thought process behind it. But um, yeah, and, and you know what? Kickers aren't getting hurt, man. They're not going on IR. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> They're going to be around. They're always going to be there. So if you're just trying to fill in points, it, it can work. It can work. Um, before we get into some of the similarities in our drafts here, what pick was your favorite? What When you, like, when you hit the draft button, you were just like, nailed it! Value! Bring it home! What was your favorite pick, guys? Um, for my favorite pick... I'm gonna have yeah. I would have to go either with Javante Williams at the RB14 or Brees Hall at the RB20. I'm pretty happy. I, you know, I'll probably go with Javante Williams at RB14. You know, he okay. finished I think as the RB16 last year in a horrible offense and mm-hmm. splitting evenly with Melvin Gordon. I just can't see him finishing lower than RB14. You know, and that would be a disaster. I think you know that that would be a poor season for him. I think and. Uh, but I see him getting a lot more touches from Melvin Gordon, especially as the year goes on. Melvin Gordon, I believe, is 29 years old. Um, it's This is traditionally about the age the running backs fall. I'm not going to go ahead and predict that, but I do think Melvin Gordon mm-hmm. is going to go ahead and you know, take more of maybe a third of the workload as opposed to closer to 50%. And, then, and the Broncos are going to be a great offense. They're going to they're be scoring touchdowns. They're going to be on the field a lot. This is going to increase the amount of plays that, that he's on the field, and that's going to give, you know, even with Russell Wilson, Wilson throwing the ball a lot more than they did last year, I still think, you know, he has a lot of carries already baked in. Russell Wilson has also never been a guy who's, you know, been a high pass volume, and he's always been in an offense that ran the football a lot. So I expect that to continue, and I think Javante Williams is going to be a good pick there. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. How about you, Dave? What was your favorite pick? Uh, it's, it's hard to pick one, you, you know, it's hard, you know, it's like your kids, you know? Um, but <laughs> I will, I will say I was, I was sweating it out a little bit over Gabriel Davis okay. at the seven twelve. I really, I, I, again, regretted that, that going early on, um, early, going early on tight end is hard when you're going early running back and quarterback. So something's going to have to give, and that's the receivers for me. And mm-hmm. so when I took Travis Etienne at 512, or, or no, Dalton Schultz at 401, I expected tight ends and running backs to fly off the board. No, like 20 receivers went off the board, and I was like, damn, this is not good. And so I still wanted to get Travis Etienne. I got him, got Mike Williams, and then I was really sweating it out. I got Josh Allen already, so I really wanted to get that stack with Davis. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I was happy with that. But, yeah, I was sweating it out a little bit over uh, Gabriel Davis. I'm, Pretty sure that the, uh, the UK folks made me uh, sleep on it. 
<laughs> it's terrible. I um I actually did auto draft a pick. We'll get to that here in a bit. But I was at like the beach, like, and I and I had made two picks. You know, I made my two picks, and then uh, the next day I was like, "There's no way it's going to come back to me." Like in the same day, it did. Of course, it did. Yeah. So I did have one uh, one pick autoed. We'll, we're going to talk about that one here in a little bit. But uh, getting to my favorite pick, I uh, have to go with Elijah Mitchell in the eighth round. I took Jonathan Taylor at 102. Didn't take another running back until Elijah Mitchell at 802. I think Elijah Mitchell is just being completely undervalued this offseason. I feel like for a lot of folks, he's like in the RB late 20s, early 30s. Let me see if I can pull up my rankings here. I have him pretty early. Like RB24, I feel like. Yeah, I have him at like RB12. This is a guy that put up 1,100 yards in 11 games last year. He was on pace for, I mean, not quite Jonathan Taylor level production, but Jonathan Taylor was like, what, anywhere from like 120 to 140 yards per game? Elijah Mitchell was at 100 as a rookie and a run-heavy offense. If Trey Lance is the quarterback, I trust that that will increase some of his running back efficiency. Typically, when you have a rushing quarterback or running heavy quarterback, that increases the efficiency for the, the running back as far as yards per carry. Maybe it you know declines the touchdown opportunity a little bit because you have another guy that can kind of sneak one in the, in the red zone. But I still love Elijah Mitchell in that system, uh, that run um, run zone system big gaps up the field. That's what he's designed for. I feel like that's why he superseded Trey Sermon when the day came. Um, so I really trust him. The only thing I'm kind of worried about, obviously, is you know they're going to use multiple running backs. But I feel like Elijah Mitchell showed enough last year where as long as he's healthy, he's just going to get that run. So absolutely loved him in the uh, in the eighth round there. Yeah, yeah. We, we had the running back breakout show recently with, uh, you know, with Marcus Grant. And we brought up Elijah Mitchell and talked about him. Um, you know, Ralph from uh, uh, FF Faceoff was really excited about Elijah Mitchell this year. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, that range, absolutely. Why, why, you know, that, I, he can't, I don't feel like, you know, if he, especially if he's the starter, you know, and he will be, you know, I, I think that's a great pick. So nice one. Yeah, I, f I felt really good about that, especially when I'm like, you know, I wasn't quite sweating it. Like, I, I liked the running backs that were still available. Even in the back end of my draft, I was able to get J.D. McKissick and Darrell Williams in the rounds 15 and 16. Those two sat there at the very top of the chart for almost three rounds. I was very, very surprised that I was able to get both of them. The reason I didn't draft them earlier was because they're just both sitting there. I couldn't get at least one of them. But it, when it came to me at that hook, I was just like... How can I how can I say no to these guys? They have you know such high potential to be PPR monsters. Um, so I felt good about you know what I was able to shore up my running backs with. I, I felt good about that. Um, anything you guys want to add before we switch over to some of the back end values, some of the guys that we can target at the the end of our draft in deep formats? Uh, well, I I don't know if these guys are at the end of the draft. These are more of the the middle. But mm -hmm. you know, one of my other uh, you know, if you got Austin Eckler. Getting Isaiah Spiller is is definitely an insurance policy that I would recommend. Um, mm -hmm. and I think he's got standalone value as well. So that was another one of my favorite picks um, for, from my team, um, just because I was able to you know help my investment um, on Austin Eckler that early. Because when you invest in running backs early, that can make or break your your team because right. of the likelihood of them getting injured. Um, I was picking between him and Damian Pierce. And again, these guys are just all in love with, with receivers. So Pierce came back to me two rounds later and I picked him up as well. Nice. Nice. So that was my auto pick. That was my auto pick. And I wasn't mad about it. I, I, I liked, I liked Damian Pierce. I may not have picked him right there. It may have actually been in fact, one of those two guys, McKissick or Darrell Williams. Cause I do like them a little bit more. They have that PPR upside and they're in better offenses. But I like the opportunity for Damian Pierce in Houston. There's just no competition. I mean, like, you know, is Rex Burkhead going to make it to week five? I'm trying to think of even another running. Oh, Marlon Mack. Like, they're talking about Marlon Mack getting the run. Can he make it to week five? You know what I mean? Like, Rex Burkhead. week seven, it could just be Damian Pierce and, you know, someone they pick up off the streets. You know, yeah, to your guys' point, like, I, I think it's, J yeah, J.J. Zacharyson's been talking on the late round podcast. He's been releasing a bunch of statistics on how, you know, um, guys who are the lead running back in those ranges statistically, you know, perform way better than the guys who are RB2 in that range. So like an A.J. Dillon, for example, who's the RB2 in that offense, you know, guys like Elijah Mitchell, Damian Pierce, who are the first running backs being drafted in their offense perform a lot better. So, I, yeah, I, I think those are great value picks there. So Houston also has Royce Freeman and Dare Ogunbowale. Like, what a group. <laughs> like, what a group. I can't 
I had trouble with his name, but this is this. I've started him with PPR before. I, I, I've been desperate. Yeah, oh, we, we, I, I, you know, I play a lot of deep flex leagues. I just remember. Yeah, yeah, like, same here. I've yeah, he, he, you know, it was, you know, with Jacksonville and with uh, Tampa, and we thought Tampa Bay would do something, but, um, you know, we talked about that backfield, and, you know, Damian Pierce could be, you know, could be great. We don't know what Marlon Mack's going to be, but this is such a bad backfield that somebody could get cut and come over and just be right. the guy. You just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Devontae Booker is a free agent. He played really well last year. I, I wouldn't put it past them, you know, going with him. What if the, the Patriots really want to just move on from Damian Harris and let let all the oh, Ramondre Stevenson love happen? I mean, Dude, that'd be just, great. Give me some just, Dame down here. There's probably not a lot of stuff that's going to happen with that backfield, but it's just anybody's. It's anybody's ball game, and I, I'll give it. You know, give me the rookie in that in that backfield. Right. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't ever make sense to me that the teams don't roster like the best backs. It feels like, oh, somebody goes down with an injury and they, they hire some guy off the street to, to suddenly be a starter. It's like, why didn't you just roster that guy to begin with? We would have known. It's just like, well, it yeah. crazy. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> was Tyson Williams for the Ravens signed off the street last year or was he drafted? He, uh, I, I, he, he was on the team. Nah, was he? I don't okay. Know. I don't know. I, I don't, yeah, I, I think he might have been like a practice squad guy that got right, right. But he only, but he only had a few good weeks, and then they brought in Devontae Freeman. So you know what I mean? It's just like I don't that's, know. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Just like he's these on guys the Colts are, you know, now, bagging groceries. Now they're running with balls. Like it's crazy. I love it. I love it. Alfred Morris uh, did it for years. Alfred Morris, they you know right? just high. You know, just like somebody gets hurt. Oh, bring in Alfred Morris. Here we go. So. Uh, uh, oddly enough, uh, so Dari Goombawali last year in weeks 16 and 17 in the fantasy playoffs had double-digit fantasy points. I, that's, Rex, what I, that's what I started. Yeah, I exactly. And Rex Burkhead on that same roster, he got me into my fantasy finals last year. I think he had like 25 or 24 fantasy points the week before the finals. And then, of course, I leave him in and you know does nothing in the championship. That's, that's to be expected, right? Um, also, the week that Antonio Brown decided to throw a temper tantrum. Not ideal. Not ideal. <laughs> not ideal. <laughs> All right. We are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be discussing you know, the deep values here. You know, Rounds 12, rounds 15 plus in Scott Fishbowl. And obviously, this is going to be valuable information to you in your deep fantasy uh, format. So just a quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to get right back to it. Make sure to get down on the win bet. Bet 50 to win $200 promotion, where $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Also, be sure to check out the Ultimate Fantasy Football Experience. If you bet $500 plus in the WinBet Sportsbook or Casino before July 31st of this month, you'll be entered to win the Ultimate Fantasy Football Draft Experience hosted at Encore Beach Club including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. SGPN is also running a free HR Derby Cup contests exclusively on the SGPN app. Winner gets a $200 gift certificate to the SGPN store. And don't forget to check out the SGPN Discord, the perfect place to interact and sweat the bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Discord. Hashtag live reads. Let's go. All right, we're moving on here. We're getting into the best value picks from rounds 12 plus. Uh, Emerson is done with his draft. Uh, Dave and I are both in round 17 plus, so we definitely have some skin left in the game here. Uh, let's start off with the quarterback position. Uh, guys, name me a quarterback in rounds you know, 12, 15 plus that you feel like you might be able to rely on you know, to come in and either you know, fill in an injury or just you know, take off with the opportunity if allowed. Let's start with Emerson because I know, Dave, we've kind of already hinted at you know, some of those options. Um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't end up taking one cause I, I went two quarterbacks in the first, my, my first two picks. So I didn't take a third quarterback, but you know, who I did see available was, uh, Marcus Mariota and, uh, and, and Jimmy, uh, Garoppolo. Uh, I would nice. definitely, take, I would definitely take either of those guys. Um, and you know, I think, you know, um, I, if I, if I, I would have taken him even earlier than that if I didn't invest in two quarterbacks, I just feel like Jimmy's going to end up starting somewhere. And, you know, Marcus Mariota, he's still a starting quarterback. And, you know, when once you get to rounds 14, 15, you know, that's just 
he's just being passed up because people already took their quarterback. So I think both those guys are, you know, about the only viable starters I've seen at that point. Sam Darnold could beat out Baker Mayfield. And, you know, both, both of them, I think, are available about that point, too. So, you know, there, there's a few starters left, you know. Um, Minshew, if, if you're desperate in the 20th round, you know, if I was highlighting a backup, maybe he could potentially be there. Um, but those are my, some of my players, I would say. Yeah, if you're the Lamar Jackson owner, you definitely want to get Tyler Huntley. Um, but anyone, you know, he's someone that is shown that he can be fantasy viable. Um, so I think, you know, um, you know, and, and Lamar Jackson's rushing quarterbacks, they're, you know, same thing with Jalen Hurts. I mean, it, it's almost like you want to handcuff him. So um, getting Minshew and Huntley and those kind of guys who are on solid offenses and, uh, you know, we've seen fantasy production before. And then again, going back to, to Jimmy Jimmy G, I, I think Jimmy G is he's still available in mine, so he's probably still available in a lot of leagues. Yeah, absolutely. I love all those picks. Um, I'm going to throw out Geno Smith and Taylor Heineke. Uh, Geno Smith, just another starter. Right now he's available in round 17. I am up in another two picks here. I already have three quarterbacks. I'm not really in a situation where I feel I need to attack that position again. And if I do, it'll probably be my last pick. Um, who leads me to Taylor Heineke, who I drafted with my last pick last year, and he was a bench guy. Those opportunities can you know, come home for you. Obviously, Fitzpatrick had to get hurt after like one play. That's kind of a, a freak situation. But you know, going into last season, that was all the talk with Heineke. Oh, do you remember him in the playoffs? He really showed all that effort against Tampa Bay, and he has this opportunity to be the next guy, even though they brought in this kind of like elder statesman journeyman and Fitzpatrick. And boom, it only took a couple of plays, and my last pick, you know, skyrocketed in value, right? So don't, got, if listeners, don't be afraid to take those shots. Don't be afraid to, you know, take some chances, you know, with a Sam Darnold. Heineke, I'm, you know, saying in this space this year, in the opportunity that he could be traded. You know, maybe you see an injury in camp to, you know, one of those quarterbacks in Seattle, or maybe we do, you know, not get the most positive news for Deshaun Watson and there's more opportunity in Cleveland. Uh, or maybe you see some type of swap where, you know, Garoppolo gets moved with him or something like that. You know, you never know. Um, I'm not sure actually Washington can handle that type of money, but you know what I mean? We could see an injury. We could see some movement. So don't be afraid to take those shots. Uh, Heineke, he actually started off well, pretty well last year. He had 19 fantasy points through his first four games. And then conversely, Geno Smith only played four games, but he averaged about you know 12 fantasy points in the, in the fishbowl um, format. So you know, not ideal, but hey, you, you got to fill out the roster and you got to fill out those potential injury gaps. So I don't hate either of those options. Again, you're, you're swimming at the deep end of the pool here. Um, any other guys we want to add in before we move on to running back? We got oh, good. Okay. All right, Emerson, what running backs are you looking at in this format this late? Deep uh, of the ocean. You know, I, I love Ronald Jones in that 12th, 13th round range. I've seen him go in the 12th round in a lot of leagues. Uh, I think he's going to be the, I think he is def, I think he's going to be the first and second down running back for the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of carries and I, I, and you know, in that offense, there could be a lot of scoring, you know, kind of, I don't, I'm not expecting a James Conner 20 touchdown season, but you know, kind of a James Conner light type season could be in store, you know, and that's a great value pick there. And um, another guy, uh, Isaiah Spiller, we kind of talked about him a little bit earlier. I, I love picking him up. Yeah. Especially if you have Austin Eckler, but um, you know, Austin Eckler, you know, he's getting a little bit up there in age. He's just, you know, he, he's, he's, He's a big guy, but he's you know he's he's small in stature, but you know he's you know big muscles. But um, you know he had, you know he's shown he's been getting dinged up in the past. So I, I let you know, and Isaiah Spiller would be an immediate plug and play if Austin Eckler would ever go down. And you know he might carve out. You know they talked about lightening his workload a little bit, Eckler too. So I could definitely see Spiller having some standalone value as well. So those are two of my favorites. How about you, Dave? Uh, we, we definitely talked about Damian Pierce, and I, I think we covered him. Um, but Gus Edwards. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming out with J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Um, and, you know, J.K. Dobbins didn't just tear his ACL. He tore his PCL. He had a meniscus tear. Um, there's some damage to, you know, LCL. Uh, I mean, he he's his knee had to get, you know, pretty much totally reconstructed. And um, he's going back and forth with Ian Rappaport today. He quote tweeted Ian Rappaport. And Rappaport said he might not be ready to go when the season starts. And J.K. Dobbins was like, I'm not starting on the pup. My recovery's going just fine. You know, blah, blah, blah. And, and Ian Rapport was like, listen, I, I, I clapped back and said, I'm comfortable with my sources. And my sources say that he may not be ready to go week one. And J.K. Dobbins is a budding star. And why would the Ravens rush him back? They also signed Mike Davis. So if you can't get Gus Edwards, you can go get Mike Davis. 
they've used, you know, because Gus Edwards is also coming off of a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's kind of a situation where you could look at and, you know, I'm sounds like I'm a big fan of the, uh, the Ravens here. Um, I, I'm a big proponent of you need to get the handcuff for your guy. And mm-hmm. not every backfield is created equal. So, you know, Derrick Henry, we saw last year, they kind of had different guys doing it. But Deonta Foreman was great behind Derrick Henry. And so kind of a two for two for one here. Deonta Foreman, I think, is the guy to own in Carolina. I think that they're going to try like to get Christian McCaffrey a little bit of, you know, breather. And Trevor Hubbard is, is more of a – He's more of a Amir Abdullah kind of a size. You know, mm-hmm. he's six foot, 205. Foreman's a big dude. So if someone's going to take the role at the goal line, short yardage, and kind of the Mike Davis kind of a thing. But he also shown he can handle a three, you know, three down workload. Now there's two or three years off of the Achilles. Um, Daryl Williams is a great one. Um, James Conner's been prone to injury. Hassan Haskins, I think he can get him super cheap. And he's behind Derrick Henry, who I just mentioned who is coming off of a pretty major foot injury, 29 years old, had about 900 touches in the last however many. So there, there's you know, there's a lot, but I would 100% uh, go, if I have a running back, I'm going to look for his handcuff. If I have a guy that's like a high volume kind of a guy that I know for sure who the backup is. So you're telling me to draft Philip Lindsay is what you're saying. <laughs> well, we talked about Tyson uh, you know, Williams here a second ago. I don't know who the backup is in, in, in Indianapolis. I put a poll out there, and I'm pretty sure it was like I put four guys out there, and I got like 25, 25, 25 was the answers. Again, Devonta awesome. Booker could go over there and just like blow it all up. We don't know who the backup is there, but I feel like in these places like the Chargers, we know who the backup mm-hmm. is. You know, right, um, right. Mark Ingram, I'll put his name out there. If Alan Kamara gets suspended, Mark Ingram could be your starter for six weeks. Yeah, I don't know if that's a situation I want to I want to get involved with though. I'm, I don't know. I've, I've been really turned off by the Saints recently. I really like the the Dante Foreman take. Also, just kind of add on top of that, um, I've seen rumors about McCaffrey playing more time in the slot as well and putting out two running backs on the field because they also really like Chubba Hubbard. So if that's if that's the opportunity you're getting there, I like both of those guys. Honestly, I like Chubba and I like Foreman. Um, both uh, were able to perform last year with um, well Foreman on another roster, like you mentioned. Chubba was able to show up with uh, CMC out. Um, I'm going to also tell folks to not be shy about planning a running back flag in Miami. I really feel like the guys that you can get at the back end of the draft in rounds even 16 plus, Sony Michelle, Miles Gaskins. I know Miles Gaskins had literally a night and day season last year. One minute he's hot, next second he's cold. You know, one minute he's playing all the snaps, the next he's not, he's not even playing half. It was a really weird scenario. And obviously you have a crowded backfield there, but at the value that you're getting, like Sony Michelle, the last six games last year, he averaged 11.5 fantasy points. I'm not throwing that away. And I love, actually, Sony Michelle in that type of format because they need a downhill runner in that group. They don't really have an in-between-the-tackles type of guy. So I, I like Sony Michelle there. And then I also like uh, the opportunity for, you know, maybe some of these rookie running backs. You had mentioned Hassan, um, uh, was it Whiteside? Haskins. Haskins, Haskins. sorry. Yeah, Hassan Haskins. Uh, also want to throw Zamir White in there. I don't love the running back situation in Oakland. Uh, Josh Jacobs, they did not pick up his fifth-year option, and Kenyon Drake is coming back from an injury. Jacobs has been pretty durable, but it's interesting. He played in the, the same amount of games in the past two seasons, but he had a significant decrease in carries last year. So it's interesting to, to see what type of direction that they're going in here. I like Zamir White. He's a powerful downhill runner, got a lot of speed, uh, got a nice frame, You know, six foot, 214. Not a really agile back and probably needs to work on his um, his pass protecting a little bit. But I feel like he's a guy, again, for the value that I'm getting, round 17 plus, I feel like he could be a starter, um, you know, deep in the year, you know, given an injury or, or just uh, an opportunity. Yeah, and, and he not, might not be later, um, so he might be more in that Isaiah Spiller territory. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's more reports about, um, you know, Leonard Fournette being overweight, potentially 260 pounds. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I know we saw some photos recently, and who knows? We've all had some bad angles, but <laughs> it did not look good. It was not a, a AJ Dillon shorts, um, you know, kind of a photo. Yeah. And then reports came out today, almost two months later or a month later. Um, so we got to watch out for Leonard Fournette putting on some pounds. And Rashad White is right there. They got Keyshawn Vaughn. I would put White over Vaughn. 
What do you think about that, Emerson? I saw you spend that third-round pick on LF. I was just about to say, like, I, I, I drafted Leonard Fournette, so I don't like to hear that he's maybe walking around with an extra pound or two. But, you know, honestly, I'm not that worried about it. You know, I get it could be frustrating. But I, I think, you know, a guy like this, he can work it off by the end. I, I see where it could be frustrating. It could open up a little door for Rashad White. Um, but I see I'm, I'm still very comfortable with the pick here. I think he's going to have a big season. Uh, you know, I do actually have Javante Williams ranked ahead of him in my rankings, but I, I thought I could get Javante later, so that's why I took Leonard Fournette there. But. Right on. No, I, I like the value. Uh, really, I mean, you're just kind of taking a stand. Like, is this news or are you just snoozing on it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, what 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 is this, right? Is it, is it something real or is it not, you know? So yeah, I'm not you, too concerned. You don't know. Uh, I mean, there's the, uh, you know, the Taylor Lewan podcast was like, you know, hey, Lenny. Send us a, you know, uh, uh, take your shirt off and send us a picture. Let us, let us, you know, and uh, so we'll, we'll see. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I, I do think Rashad White, you know, if, if Fournette went down, White would be a good pickup. He's got, you know, he's got some, some passing game chops. He's a, a he's a good runner in his own right. And um, I think they've been looking for someone to compliment Fournette, but Ronald Jones got rock hands. He he, he wasn't going to be the guy. And Gio Bernard is just he's mm-hmm. on the back end of his career. If Rashad White gets that, if he can pass protect and, and get some trust from Brady and get some of those third downs and things like that, I think that would, might he might help Fournette in a, in a longer mm-hmm. season and get his get himself on the field. I absolutely believe it. I'm kind of just to wrap this, the uh, wrap up the running back conversation. I absolutely love Ronald Jones. I brought him into what the tenth round in the in this format. I brought him ahead of a bunch of folks. I could probably pull up the list here in a second, but where did I get him? Yeah, I got him at round ten, running back thirty, and he's my running back twenty four. So I was still able to get a little bit of value there. But in my position, when I'm when you're buried in the you know the coffin corners, we'll say of the draft. You got you to kind of take a stand, you know, because you just don't know if those guys are going to come back. Um, and I felt like I was able to kind of, you know, reestablish some of that value, like I mentioned earlier, with McKissick and Darrell Williams falling. So I, I didn't mind that. But I definitely agree. I think Ron Jones is going to take the bulk of the work in Kansas City. I just feel like he's just better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, to me, doesn't pass the eye test as a first-round drafted running back. I feel like he probably should have been drafted a couple of rounds later in the year that he was brought on to KC. Um, I'm not sure how much longer, like if he has actually like a future there, or if he's going to move on, but I felt like Ronald Jones coming in was a big signal. Like we're not comfortable with what we have. Um, and this is a team that was, will readily throw out Jerick McKinnon uh, any time of day, you know, so don't get it twisted. Rojo will still be on a short lease because they, you know, they got a couple of bodies there, but I like him a lot. Eric B has the last say as far as running backs. And he chose him over Deandre Swift and Jonathan Taylor and that is just Patrick Mahomes made the call. They say Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, they say they called Patrick Mahomes, and he said, "They said, who do you want?" And Patrick Mahomes said, "Clyde edwards helaire And they said, "All right, cool. If this doesn't work out, this is the last time we're doing this." Patrick, yeah. Patrick Mahomes has been fired as a scout already. So <laughs> uh, I'm a Chiefs fan. It, it stings me every day. And we drafted McCole Hardman a couple picks before DK Metcalf. All, all, all these things. <laughs> it's funny how sometimes the best teams they just they get these like blinders on like the you look at the patriots drafts and you're just like i thought you guys were like super smart like wicked smart not so much not so much all right let's jump into the wide receiver conversation uh emerson what wide receivers are you targeting uh at the back end of these drafts i saw you uh who would you have that was a point of interest of me talk to me about uh dpp and nick westbrook akine Ooh, all right, we're going real deep then. Okay, um, my reasoning behind Donovan Peoples Jones is I, mm. I, I, I don't think, unfortunately, I, whatever we all think, like I said, Deshaun Watson, I think is going to just for me, my uneducated opinion, I think is going to receive a lighter suspension, um, sure. you know, half half a season or less. And I, you know, I to, think to uh, note that really quick, they did come out and say that they will absolutely sue the NFL. That's Deshaun Watson and the NFLPA. If Deshaun Watson were to be suspended for an entire season, they're throwing gas back on their the other fire. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, exactly. And you know, I just yeah, the NFLPA seems like they're going to throw a uh, a fit about it if that's the case. So I mm-hmm. just think that yeah, um, I think if he's the second wide receiver in that offense, which he very well could be, that that's going to be. Big, big value there. So I, I took that for more of a second half of the season pick. And then I've also read reports about uh, Westbrook being a potential uh, wide receiver two in Canva. You know, I saw that in the 20th round or 20, what was it, 20, 21st, 22nd? Last pick, 20, 22. Yeah. 
22, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, just if a wide receiver, t- a two or three in any off, you know, especially with Traylon, you know, Traylon Burks par- apparently having some issues with asthma. Um, you know, he, he's going to, he might come on a little bit slower considering he hasn't been able to practice very much this year. So uh, potential wide receiver two, wide receiver three in a decent offense. You know, I thought that was a pretty good value pick there. Yeah, I don't, I don't hit it. I have him in a couple of spots in, in Dynasty. He's a roster stash, I, I feel like, at this point. And you're in the top three conversation, at least, you know, as far as, like, the, the depth chart goes. And, yeah, you do have some troubling signs from Burks, but it's kind of a similar situation to uh, Leonard Fournette. Like, I think he's going to be fine, you know? Like, he, he's, these young guys, they still got to get acclimated with the NFL lifestyle, the different level of workouts, you know, just coming and being a professional, being prepared and all that. I feel like as the year goes on, you'll, you'll start to see that from more from Traylon Burks, who didn't seem like he showed up prepared body mentally all of it yeah it's, it's just interesting yeah i don't know I, it's interesting i don't know like because from somebody who i've i've had bad seasonal allergies so you know like okay. it, i i can i can buy that he has really bad allergies but you know that could be a potential problem though so you know um you'd like to see that maybe he had a regimen an allergy regimen already figured out you know i took allergy mm-hmm. shots for four years so like you know I'm, I'm very sympathetic with the allergies but you know so i don't know if that was just excuse for being out of shape you know potentially out of shape though you know i'm always not going to put that out there but you know i thought it was a heat issue i thought he was having a little bit of issue with the, that nashville hot fire heat well apparently no apparently they're saying he has a uh, bad asthma uh due to uh seasonal allergies is what, what i okay. can too, well, so. they gotta they gotta pump him up full of drugs man they'll be fine they got a whole stash in that locker room they got they got med kits on med kits for stuff well, like that i mean come on now that's what, I, that's what i would think so you know this is a little strange that uh that, that was yeah. the reason behind it yeah with, I, with the you know with the asthma obviously he's gonna have to keep on a uh, you know a regimen whatever medication or, or thing they have but um it's you know reportedly something that just you know you have and it gets it's kind of worse with age which is not something you want to hear um, but obviously, you know, they have the best medical staff you can, you, yeah. know, you can buy. They should be able to get everything fixed. And, um, you know, we would just think that an NFL team would have done uh, enough research to know this is not going to be an issue. And, you know, he's not the first person to, to throw up at a, you know, rookie minicamp. Right, right. And that's where I thought it was from was the like the vomiting was like from more like heat stroke type of type of thing related. I didn't actually know that it was like straight asthma. So that's that's interesting yeah. to me. It's a medical issue. That's what they're saying. It's interesting because they, they said that um, that that the early practices in college were already over by the time when they were practicing. So he was never on the field that time of year before. Gotcha. So, I guess it was. Yeah, it was a surprise to everybody. So, um, yeah, just Can we go inside. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have a dome? Yeah, I should have gone to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Minneapolis might have even been better. There's no pollen up there. Ice cold. That's true. That's true. But no matter what, you're indoors. Um, all right, wide receivers I have up. I've already mentioned Nico Collins, who I absolutely love. I got him in, I believe, round, what was that, 16 or 17? Yeah, round 17, the last pick around 17. So I feel pretty good about that. Uh, I'm still... I feel like I'm lacking exposure at wide receiver. I have six running backs. I have six wide receivers. I feel like I need to be a little bit deeper there, especially because I got Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And I did grab DJ Shark in the 14th round and still have Hawkinson, right? So like there's some conflicting buys there. There's going to be some weeks where I'm a little bit exposed um, just to roster utility. So I am going to throw out Alec Pearson, Curtis Samuel. I feel like Curtis Samuel is in a, in a weird group where we don't really know who's going to be that next guy behind Terry McLaurin. And he's coming off an injury, but he's had a quite a while to recover. Um, so I feel like the risk that I'm getting here, I, I feel like he could be one of the first guys I drop if he doesn't take off. You know what I mean? So I, I like his opportunity just because he has that dual versatility. They can use him in the run game. They can throw him some quick hitters. Is he going to be a big boom? Eh, kind of tough to say in that offense. They have a couple of different guys there. I know they still have Diami Brown, uh, Cam Sims. They drafted Jayon Dotson. So there's, there's some gaps to fill there. Um, but I don't believe that Logan Thomas is going to be n- maybe 100% when the season starts. So I feel like all of those receivers are going to have some extra opportunities, you know, through the first like several weeks of the season. Um, and then the next guy is Alec Pierce, who, you know, he's just that next guy behind uh, Michael Pittman, right? There's really not that much competition for touches. It's a very similar situation to Nico Collins. It's just that Pierce is coming in as a rookie, and you may see some of those like really raw scoring weeks in fantasy, similar to the, what we saw from Nico Collins last year. You know, there. I think I think the highest uh, Collins had was like ten targets. 
is there a week where I see Alec Pierce getting, you know, eight plus targets? Maybe not, but I feel like he could be very reliable if given the opportunity. Uh, if you saw an injury to Michael Pittman or Moali Cox, I mean, the names I'm listing here, they're really thin at pass catching. So I think there's some really solid opportunity for Nico Collins, or sorry, Nico Collins, Alec Pierce, get my names crossed here. What do you guys think about me drafting Pierce at 1802 behind Collins? Yeah, I mean, you've you've seen Matt Ryan be able to to boost up more than one um, pass catcher. Um, Paris Campbell, you know, we would hope that there's something, but it's been so long. It, the hope is really, really dim. Um, you know, Pierce Pierce is a nice compliment to uh, to Michael Pittman in that offense. You're not going to get volume, but you're you know you're going to be on an efficient offense with you know potentially being the number two. Um, you know, number two leader in targets. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't, you know, it's just the risk, you know, but it's pretty, you know, it's not even a risk at that pick. You know, I, I'm not sure he's going to be the wide receiver two in that offense, but if he was, you know, that, that you're going to have return big, big value on that pick. You know, he's kind of, you know, they kind of project him as just maybe a potential big play guy right off the bat, but, you know, um, so I really, I like him more in best ball, but uh, yeah, I think sure. that's, a, you know, it's pretty I, much, it, so why not? I do live in Indianapolis, and I drive by the stadium sometimes, and uh, T.Y. Hilton is still up on the outside. I don't know what that means, but they have not taken down the big old T.Y. Hilton, um, you know, probably 100-foot um, you know, poster outside. So we'll see if T.Y. Hilton is still there. So I wonder who they're waiting to take that down for. Are they waiting for Julio Jones to pick up the yeah. phone, or are they waiting for T.Y. Hilton to pick up the phone? You know what I mean? It, it, yeah, it, it could be one of those guys, or it could be one of the guys that I want to mention, and that's Will Fuller. Okay. Um, so I do think Will Fuller's agent is encouraging him to wait until, you know, there's a camp injury or something like that. And also the Deshaun Watson news. Will Fuller's been great with Deshaun Watson. The rapport's already there. There's a need in Cleveland. It would be a perfect fit if Deshaun Watson got a four- to six-game suspension. If Deshaun Watson were to get a, a eight-game, nine-game, or a year-long suspension, that's when you're talking to the Packers, the Colts, Cowboys, and anybody else that's looking for pass catchers. And Will Fuller could, you know, have some options here, and he's not having to go through camp and beat himself up and all that. And like I said, an opportunity could arise. Unfortunately, injuries do happen. Um, but I do think that Deshaun Watson is playing. And for people that are, like, just sorting by projection, Will Fuller's not going to pop up. He's got a zero projection, so he's not going to pop up for anything. So people are going to bypass him, mm -hmm. and he could be a stash. Could be nothing. You know, but uh, I, I definitely think he ends up on a roster at some point. Um, I want to bring up Kenny Galladay. So uh, I know Kenny Galladay was gross last year. Um, you know, when Daniel Jones was there, it wasn't great. It was inconsistent. But he could still easily be the number one on the Giants. That's not saying much, but you're getting him at wide receiver 60. So we're talking about getting number two, you know, the guy that's number two in targets at this range. Mm -hmm. He could literally be the number one. And there's where, yeah, he gave you some six catches for 60 yards, no touchdown. It wasn't crazy, but it, it wouldn't kill you. And, you know, we got a lot of improvements in New York. Um, if Daniel Jones plays, you know, plays a full 16 games, there's no way Kenny Galladay is going to go zero touchdowns. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's some potential there. Um, I like Jamison Crowder. I know there's a lot to talk about with Gabriel Davis, and I like Gabriel Davis a lot. But you can't put all your eggs in one basket. There is, you know, a lot of targets out there. They need to be earned. And with Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley gone, Jamison Crowder fits that Cole Beasley role to a T. He's still just 27 years old. He's mm -hmm. been good in the past when healthy. If he were to get 100, 120 targets from Josh Allen, that would be a, a, a smash in the, you know, 13th, 14th, 15th round. Oh, absolutely love his value. Absolutely love his value for sure. I think he's going to be a great fit with Josh Allen in that offense. Uh, let's move to uh, the tight ends here. We'll get her, uh, get her all wrapped up. Uh, what tight ends are we looking at here at the very end of our draft? There's actually some pretty decent options that I like. Uh, guys that I feel like are going to get a lot of snaps. They're going to be weekly starters. Uh, what names are coming to mind here, Emerson? Um, you know, it depends on how late we're going. You know, my, my, the first tight end I took was in the 13th round with Hayden Hurst. Sure. Um, you know, so I... I, you know, I thought, you know, I, that was a little bit of a reach there for even for him, I thought, but um, I had to grab a tight end, but um, he's going to be in a great offense and he has the capability of falling in the end zone 10 times in that offense. And, you know, he's going to be a starter each of those weeks. Um, 
I ended up drafting Adam uh, Troutman in the uh, in the twentieth round, I believe. Um, that's another one, you know. That's a starter, you know, capable of also falling in the end zone ten times or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. At that stage in the draft, I was just looking for a starter, and I was happy to take him up. Um, you know, he he had high hopes last year and busted. Um, you know, a lot of people were kind of compare. You know, he him and Cole Komet were kind of uh, hot targets last year. You know, Cole Komet had a fairly impressive season. You know, all things considering, you know, it's, with only um, I think. I think he caught zero. These catch zero touchdown passes. Cole Komet, so um, zero. Had a, yeah, had a good year. Other than that, but um, Adam Trotman did not, unfortunately. So he kind of fell off. I think Jawan Johnson was taking picks from him, and now are taking snaps from him. And now uh, Taysom Hill is uh, potentially. But um, you know, I thought that was a good value pick there, and it was you know it was worth the risk. Yeah, I like it. And and realistically, he's a starter. He's going to get a lot of snaps unless they you know somehow make a move for somebody, which I don't believe is likely. Um, so yeah, w before we kind of move, before we move to Dave picks, what do you think about drafting someone like a Trey McBride in here or someone that shares kind of a tight end group rather than say like an Adam Troutman or a Moali Cox or uh, maybe even a Cade Otten? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of those guys, I was kind of, you know, with, when injuries do occur, I was kind of thinking I'll, I'll be able to pick up some guys later. So I just wanted to start off the season with some starters, maybe some guys who were going to get hot right off the bat and uh, increase mm -hmm. the value. Um, you know, if there's some injuries, there's, there's always tight end injuries, and there's always guys on the waiver wire that are very deep. So um, I just prefer to grab, go ahead and grab in some starters who could potentially increase in value right away. Um, but I could definitely see the merit of taking, a, you know, Trey McBride's in a great offense, and if Zach Hurts were to get hurt, uh, obviously mm -hmm. tight ends come on a bit slow, so he wasn't exactly on my on my redraft radar. But uh, I, that's a good pick too, especially consider I, you know, I'm not sure where he was going. Like I said, I wasn't he wasn't a target of mine exactly, um, but I imagine sure. he was probably going 14th, 15th round or something like that. So mm -hmm. that's a good value pick. All right, Dave, what, what's your what's your pick at tight end here, Dave, late in the draft? Yeah, so I, I wrote a breakout tight end article and I talked about kind of the golden ticket to being a top tight end is being the second, uh, the, you know, the second um, and your team in targets. Um, mm -hmm. So you look at guys that could potentially do that and maybe he's not as deep, but like Evan Ingram is very interesting. Um, David Njoku is very interesting when you're looking at some of these mm -hmm. later guys. Austin Hooper, um, there's a lot of talk about Austin Hooper being you know, a favorite target of Ryan Tannehill. We've seen that offense with Vrabel being very tight end friendly. They just haven't really had a tight end since, you know, and John o. Smith had some injuries while he was there, but he did well mm -hmm. when he was there. Um, so if Austin Hooper were to fall into 120 or 100 plus targets, um, you know, I, I had a question for you guys. What about Taysom Hill being a super flex where I don't think you're going to be able to use him as a quarterback, but what, what happens if Jameis goes down and Tra Trevor Simeon goes in, does Taysom Hill go in? Andy is that Dalton. something you guys would be trying to risk? I, it's it's really tough because who I have no idea. Like like you just said, you just mentioned Simeon. I didn't even know Simeon was still there. They got Andy Dalton. They got Taysom Hill. My assumption is that Taysom Hill takes on that role that we saw of him when we first were introduced to him. You know, when he was you know like um, um, like Endelman, when he was getting used as a punt returner, he's getting used at linebacker, running back, wide receiver. Let's put him on special teams, whatever. They were just throwing him around everywhere. I feel like they need to get their money's worth, and that's exactly what they're going to do this year. So if he gets a quarterback designation, I guess that's all right for Superflex because at some point I feel like they will they, – they have changed him actually to tight end, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he's definitely changed to tight end, so you're not going okay. to be able to play him at quarterback. Scott's not going to change oh. in the middle of the Scott Fishbowl. So you would have him at tight end if he were to play in that position. It's it's an interesting situation. I probably – I'd probably stay away from him in this format then because I like that roster utility and just like regular dynasty or redraft where he does have quarterback and tight end eligibility. If he's only a tight end, is I, I got better guys, I feel like. I, I mean, if, if he were to actually get snaps at quarterback, that would be insane value, I think, at tight end. I just don't think it's likely. I, I think they're going to stick yeah. it in. Um, I think – I don't think – plus he'd have to be – you know, he'd have to be practicing. I, I don't think they're going to put him in cold off of not mm -hmm. not really practicing at quarterback. Uh, I don't think it's very likely. But I'll tell you, I, I remember a couple of years ago in a league where um, I, a friend of mine, who was an ESPN league, and he was able to start uh, uh, Taysom Hill at tight end when he was playing quarterback. And it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> or he was over the flex or something like that. It's like, oh, geez. And, um, and 
there's a lot of people out there that are not um, not a fan of Cameron Bray. They want to point to the splits last year and all that. Terrible. Um, and, and they were awful. Um, but, you know, it is Tom Brady. And it is an offense that right now has potentially has Chris Godwin out for the first couple, you know, the first few mm-hmm. weeks. Russell Gage is getting familiar. Tom Brady trusted him to throw that Lombardi at him over at the Super Bowl. He did. I might take a stab at Cameron Cameron Brait later on. I just I don't think he gets the volume that you want, and I don't think Troutman gets the the volume you want. But Jameis Winston in the past has been very tight end friendly. Mm-hmm. He's thrown a lot of touchdowns to Cameron Brait um, when he was on there, but he's you know he's targeted tight ends before. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were actually third in the league last year in total targets to the tight end. Obviously, they have Rob Gronkowski. It's a little bit of a different situation, but at the same time, that's you know that's their system. That's what they've been running. So I have to feel like there is going to be some friendly fire for um, for Cameron Bright this year. I just feel like he's just going to wind up just getting in the way of some targets and getting some easy production. There was a rumor, uh, and I don't think this, I don't think this do mean anything. But Kyle Rudolph, um, there was some rumors that Tampa Bay and Minnesota were interested in Kyle Rudolph. Sure, sure. There, uh, man, there was somebody. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham's available. I could see him getting signed down there. Just only being used in the red zone. You know, guys like that. You know, there's, there's definitely some journeymen available out there. Gronk, Gronk could also be back. Gronk could also just come back. Uh, I feel like there's like always like some type of news clip every other day, like someone close to Gronk, whether it's like a brother or Gronk himself or his or his wife. They're just like, well. Yeah, he could do it. Yeah, he could do it. I think Gronk. The last time he mentioned it, he said he wasn't going to do it. But I don't know. Uh, when when I when I broke down uh, tight ends at ADP uh, for value, Cameron Bray was definitely one of them. Um, and and that I mentioned, we have no idea what Gronk will do. He could be retired. He could go on to selling CBD or to some started THC company. Who has any idea? Um, I thought Gronk would have gone and played for the Raiders and just hung out in Vegas. You know what I mean? But he's like, ah, yeah, I like Tom a lot. So whatever. All right, uh, my guys I have up here, and we're going to get out of this. I got uh, John Bates behind Logan Thomas. Like I mentioned earlier, Logan Thomas may not be ready to start the year. Uh, John Bates, not going to be a big target hog, but he could be like one of those Adam Troutmans, you know, some, someone that can fall into the end zone and cap, uh, cap on a couple of touchdowns. Uh, also like Kate Otten, who's playing behind Cameron Brait, Ricky Seals-Jones, who really doesn't have much competition um, in New York uh, with the Giants, and Mo Ali Cox, who I think that we mentioned a little bit. These are all guys that I feel like can just collect a lot of snaps, a lot of playing time, and at the end of the day, that's all we need. Sometimes availability is all, all you really need in fantasy football because that will get you your opportunities, just being on the field, other guys getting hurt, whatever it is. Uh, these guys are all starters uh, other than maybe Kate Otten, but I know that like fantasy Twitter is like absolutely in love with him because there is a perpetuated hate apparently towards Cameron Braid. I don't really know where it came from, but it exists. It's out there. Uh, so, yeah, you can throw Kate Otten on your short list as well. I just, I just, man, I, I love John Bates. I don't know what it is about this guy. He's just a massive, massive target. He's a massive human being. Am I crazy, guys? I like it. No, I, I, I that's another good one. Uh, you know, I, I just thought, you know, another one. Uh, you know, da- Daniel Bellinger. Uh, you know, he could be rumored to be starting as well. You know, rookie tight ends don't traditionally start off well, but you know, I, that's another guy I didn't even recall thinking about in the Scott Fishbowl. And you know, he, he might just be buried down in that ADP. Um, mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look, but, uh, man, yeah, he, if, if he's like, you know, MFL ADP that, you know, that was a little shaky when I was looking at it. So there was definitely, if you were research, you could find some big advantages in that. So, you know, guys like that, you know, are just buried down in there. So, um, good value there too. Rob Gronkowski's ADP is 235, 235. He is the next highest up after Trey McBride on my board right now. He was so adamant, though, the last, like, he just did an interview, like, a few days ago that he was I just know. like, I don't care if Brady calls. He's like, he's like, I don't care if Brady calls. I'm not coming back. He's well, not coming back. Did we mention Brevin Jordan? You know, he had a nice little stretch at the end of the year last year. That's another team that doesn't necessarily have a clear-cut number two. It looks like Nico Collins, John Mechie's there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's someone where, like I said, he, he already has some, you know, built-in chemistry with Davis right. Mills. You're going to get him super late, um, and if he's available, Gerald Everett. Um, you know, it's Justin Herbert. Um, you know, it's. I know people are probably just like me, where they're just sick of the. This is going to be the year. Um, you know, but we've seen tight ends use well in that offense, and uh, that's another reason why I love Isaiah Spiller. They they're really replicating that Saints offense with Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams has been used very well, and um, 
you know, be good. Jared Cook is, I think Jared Cook is available. Jared, yep, there's another one, Jared Cook. That's who I was just about, I don't, I couldn't think of his name for some reason because I was about to mention that Jared Cook, they targeted him plenty last year. He just couldn't haul anything in. They just well, couldn't, I was, couldn't catch anything. I was looking at the, the Packers depth chart to think if, if Tunyon's not, not available, who's there? And it's like Mercedes Lewis, like he's been playing forever. And they got Josiah DeGora, which is like a, like mm-hmm. a second round blocking tight end they got the year they got Jordan Love to piss right. Aaron Rodgers off. So does DeGora all of a sudden come out and do something? I, I don't know. I, I, uh, that's I, another. I, some dynasty leaps for that reason, Degora. I, uh, I was thinking, you know, if Tanya for some reason can't get back, he Degora started some games last season, so um, you know he's he's a deep, deep, deep dynasty target of mine. I didn't really think about him in Scott Fishbowl, but that's another guy. You know, it's on my radar though. Feels like another situation where they they would bring in a veteran, like you know Jimmy Graham did play there before. We mentioned him. We've mentioned Jared Cook. Um, who's the, who's the first name that you mentioned, Emerson? Oh, for the, the tight ends, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurt. No, no, I was trying to, no, one of the guys that's, that's like available, he, you can just go sign him. Gonna, I don't know. Oh, uh, oh yeah, no. Jared, well, Jared, maybe, no, there's some. I mentioned Kyle Rudolph. I mean, Kyle, Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph, that's, yeah, that, that's who we're thinking of. That would be another place we could see him. Very, very familiar with the NFC North. You know, we, we could see something like that happen. I, man, the hate for Aaron Rodgers from that organization, if they're going to roll out Josiah DeGaro and Mercedes Lewis, like, man, the galls on these people. Oh man! Well, he took all the money now, so there's, there's no, yeah. Oh. So I don't know. It's a mess up there in Green Bay. I, I wouldn't want to be up there, up there playing for that team right now. But um, you know, I'm sure they'll be good again this season. But I'm, I'm certainly not. If I was a Packers fan, I wouldn't be confident with Aaron Rodgers going into the playoffs anymore. It's going to be an interesting situation. I like Minnesota to to take the division as a Bears fan saying that. So um, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens up there. But yeah, I mean, the Packers they did not improve. We'll say they they didn't make vast improvements. I, th- I would say that Detroit got a lot better than uh, than the Packers did. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're better than them, but they improved a lot more than the Packers did. The Packers or Packers went backwards, Lions went forward. So it's going to be an in- interesting situation. All right, we are going to head out for the night. Been a good show. Been a been a long one and a good one. Uh, what do you guys have to share before we head out? Just make sure you give uh, give our guys a follow, like, subscribe, um, SGPN uh, Fantasy on Twitter, as well as Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Yeah, absolutely, and we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, yeah, you know we're, we're all we're all fairly new to the uh, SGPN Fantasy Football, actually, so we're all just getting started. And we're excited to keep building the brand. Yep, we're going to keep bringing the good stuff. Appreciate you guys riding with us this evening. I'm Justin. You can find me on Twitter at T-I-T-T-H-J-B. Take care, be well, be good, and if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.